the VCG podcast is sponsored by Forget Me Not Flowers and Gifts in Barrie, Vermont. Forget Me Not Flowers and Gifts is at a new location on Main Street. So check them out if you're looking for flowers or gifts for someone in your life. Every year, multitudes of games are released. And this year for 2019 wasn't any different. So this year we're doing our top five board games of 2019. Stick around. Hey everyone, welcome to our top five board games of 2019. Joining me on the show for the uh, first annual top five board game list are a couple contributors that come on quite a bit. Uh, one has a cat on his lap. He's, uh, hey, hey, come here, get out of here. He's trying, to get, he's trying to get my white Russian. <laughs> Rob Kalajian from A Pond's Perspective. Hey, the third panelist of this top five is the one and only Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. Hey, how are we doing, everyone? Uh, one thing I will tell folks is that this is not any kind of definitive top five list. It's kind of our fi top five list. As you're going to see, there's quite a bit of variety in these lists. So, it's number five. Number five for me is a game that I would not have expected to be on uh, even like my top 50 uh, if I had one for a year. And that would be Wizards of the Coast's uh, Dungeon Mayhem, the D&D family card game. Uh, Wizards sent me this for review with one of their books uh, a few months ago. And I was like, ah, oh, this, this looks kind of silly. But we played it and we played it and we played it. We played it and we got the expansion and we played the hell out of that. And uh, even just the other night at a scouting holiday party, uh, I taught some kids how to play and they played it for just hours on end. Um, it's simple, it's goofy, it's fun. Um, and honestly, I didn't expect it to still be hitting the table, but it still is. So my number five is kind of a rework of an older game. Uh, so mine is Patchwork Doodle. This was a roll and write, which came out this year and takes the core concepts of Patchwork, which came out a few years previous and works it into a game that works for more than just two players. Uh, the Patchwork Doodle can actually do a solo play all the way up to six plus, as long as you have enough components to play more people, which is fantastic. It takes what is a very uh, mental kind of game and then adds in kind of almost a fun party atmosphere to it. A lot of people ask me for games that can, you can get creative with. And because of the nature of the roll and write, where you actually have to draw in these patches into your quilt, um, you can get really crazy with it and be as, as artistic or as not as you want with it. Uh, definitely one of the more unique roll and rights of 2019. And there were a lot released this year. My number five is a game from Pencil First Games. It is Skulk Hollow. Uh, it is a great little two-player game. Um, it's not really little. I shouldn't say the box is actually pretty fairly big. Um, it is uh, this great, you play as like these little like fox and heroes taking down these, these I, I forget what they call, but they're like champions or something. I, I, think, they're, I think they're titans. Titans, that's right. Uh, you take down these uh, these Titans, uh, and there's a few different ones in the box, and uh, it's just a really, really great game. The the art is phenomenal from uh, Dustin Faust. Uh, it's just 
phenomenal, phenomenal game. I, I think it's so underrated for, for 2019 release. I, I think the replayability is there and I can't wait for more content for, for, for uh, Skull Hollow. Uh, they've kind of teased that there's more like heroes and, and Titans on the way. So uh, I'm, I'm can't every single time I get this to the table, I, I, I enjoy it. And I haven't had a bad, bad game of this at all. Uh, since it came in and it was one of my most anticipated Kickstarter games for, for 2019. It is a, it is a gorgeous game. Yeah. Um, it's, it's beautiful. I didn't get it until, until recently. Uh, I'm really, really digging it. I love the, um, the mechanic of, of jumping up the Titans um, to attack them. But I also love the kind of ambiguity of like what side is good and what side is evil. Um, neither side are really depicted as good guys or, or bad guys. You know, the Titans were made to create the world and then the population of the world started destroying the world. So the Titans woke up. And if you look even at the drawings, the heroes, you know, the Foxen, they all look kind of, kind of nasty. Like they, they don't kind look of sly. Like, yeah. They, they don't look like good guys, but then again, neither do the Titans. I mean, I think right. there's there's one Titan that they clearly say is evil, the the Kraken or the tentacle yep, one. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and the the different like Titans all play differently, which is great. Oh yeah, it just has a lot of replayability for this. Game. And I I love that feeling that like if you take out the Titan's arm, the Titan can no longer swing or do something. So as you take out pieces of the Titan, the Titan gets less actions. Yeah. And I'm really hoping we get some of the other animal heroes. I would love to see more games set in this universe to be honest oh yeah number four so my number four is the same as doug's number three so i am going to pass that along until we get to that my number four is noctiluca uh, i spoke about this on the chaotic good cast uh, a few weeks ago this was a game that came out earlier in the year uh, but i didn't discover it until just about a month ago at pax unplugged it's produced by z-man it's a very simple game to teach and learn but there is tons of strategy layered on top of it um, in it you've got a bunch of different translucent dice which you will then roll and set up in the board so there's a little bit of uh, randomness to the setup which aids the replayability and then players will take turns placing a little pawn on an edge of this pool the board and you'll Basically, you're a diver and you're collecting these uh, iridescent jellyfish, these noctiluca. And the way you do that is you pick a number and you dive in a straight line from where you placed your pawn on the edge of the board and you pick up every die that has that number on it. And you add these to your different uh, bottles, which are essentially recipe cards to complete those and score points. And at the end of two rounds of play, each round lasting only 12 moves, and that scales up and down depending on the number of players, uh, you total up the scores, and the winner is the one with the most victory points. Um, I just taught you how to play right there. Um, and it's a gorgeous game when you get it to the table. All the translucent dice are brightly colored. Um, there are colors which work well, uh, so... Uh, colorblind people can still play this game, which is really cool considering there isn't iconography on the die. It's just the, the translucent colors with the pips. And it's it's one of those games that you can play it with your young kids as a very quick, fun, friendly pickup game. Or if you play it with uh, a group of like-minded 
uh, crunchy thinking people, you can really make it into a heavy strategy because uh, there are optimal moves to make and finding out what is the best move for you, but also might help prevent your opponent from making a good move uh, is is definitely a key strategy when you're playing with people that are a little more familiar with it. My number four is probably my sleeper hit of, uh, of my top five games. And that is God tier by Steamforge games. Now you could probably, you could probably debate on whether or not this is a board game. It's kind of a, a minis skirmish game with a board. So it's kind of one of those, one of those minis games with a, with a board game element to it with the timing of the release right before the holidays. I think people have kind of not paid any attention. You're basically, you're taking uh, champions and their followers, and usually you're playing three champions and followers against another three champions and followers and you're battling back and forth for these uh, sections on the board uh, that are called god tier and it's like this tug of war each round you takes place over five rounds uh the first you try to win by getting five victory points each round has so many victory points uh the first round has one victory point second round has two victory points third round has three victory points uh the fourth round has two and then the fifth round has one so uh, on the side of the uh, the board is like this little like ladder that goes back and forth. And uh, based on how many points you accumulate throughout the match, that marker goes up and down. And then at the end of the round, if that marker is on your side, you score that many victory points. The minis are awesome. The game is seems to be pretty well balanced there's a couple champions that i'm not probably i think are probably not first choice but i think all of them have some sort of place in in you know on certain squads i hope that in 2020 uh, it gets a little more love uh, i think like i said i think with its release right around the holidays i think it's gotten you know i i don't think people have been have been noticing it enough and yeah i i I'm digging it. Number three. Uh, number three for me is actually a, a newer game that I've played. I picked up at PAX Unplugged. Um, not that new, you know, but um, new for me. And that's uh, Shobu from Smirk and Laughter Games, which is a imprint of Smirk and Dagger. It is a beautiful abstract game that comes with four wooden boards um, that are, are uh, five by five grids, I believe. Uh, two darker wood, two light wood, a piece of rope, and uh, white and black river stones, like actual rocks. Um, and it's an abstract game where you are moving uh, a stone on your board up to two spaces, and then moving this, um, the same color stone on one of your other boards, the same number of spaces in the same manner, and trying to push the other player's stones off the board. And the player who pushes all of the opponent's stones off of at least one board wins. So it's kind of a thinky abstract. If you move uh, a stone on your, your dark wood board, you can only mirror that on one of your two light wood boards. Um, and if you move a stone on your light wood board, you can only move a piece on one of your dark wood boards. And every player has pieces on all four boards. It's very thinky. Um, you've got you know four different kind of battlefields to to keep track of. Um, and it's a little weird because you can't push stones with your first move. You can only push stones with your mirror move. Um, so you have to have the free spaces available to make a move. And then you can start pushing stones on your mirror move. It's, it's, 
it's very easy once you get into it to figure out how to move. And then it's just wrapping your mind around all four of your boards and keeping an eye on how you can move this to get rid of your opponent's stuff here, but then how you can move this to protect your stones from your opponent on this board. Um, it feels like a very, very old game, like a very old classic abstract, kind of like how TAC felt when that came out, which I'm a huge fan of, of TAC. Uh, and Shobu kind of fits that, um, you know, it's made with, with wood and stone and a piece of rope. Um, so kind of like, the you know, very basic materials. Um, and it's just a brilliant, brilliant design. Uh, and I've been having a lot of fun uh, playing this one. So my number three is Tiny Towns from AEG. Uh, this is, you'll kind of notice a little bit of a theme with my top five. Uh, they all have some form of solo play. I do a fair amount of solo play personally, uh, whether it's testing things out for the store to see how they are. Um, my wife is not a board gamer, so on my downtime outside of the store, I do like to break out a good solo game every now and again. And Tiny Towns has a really good solo variant but the game itself with multiple players is a super clean and elegant design you are on your turn you'll pick a resource everyone gets that resource and then you have to apply it to your your town your little four by four grid and where you place it determines how the rest of your game is going to go once you have a certain number of resources that match a recipe for a uh, a building and they have to be in the exact order on that building card they can't be you know just in a, a mishmash you can pull those resources off and take the little building meeple and put it in your town and each of those buildings scores points in a variety of different ways and there are different variants of each building on top of that so there's ridiculous amounts of replayability and honestly, you're really, the box says one to six players, but you're really only limited by the amount of four by four grids you have. Uh, so if you wanted to make some four by four grids on a piece of paper, you could easily play a game of tiny towns with 20, 30 people. Um, and I know AEG has actually done giant events at different conventions, getting 50, 60 people playing at the same time. And it plays tight, it's, it's clean definitely rewards forth, uh, forward thinking in the game. Uh, and my only critique on this would be, I wish they embraced the, the kind of whimsical uh, art and backstory that they gave the game. Like it's all these very cute woodland animals that are building their own like modern or at least Victorian era town uh, in the middle of the woods. But you don't really get that in the gameplay. And if they'd just been able to grab onto that a little bit more, I think this would be an absolutely stellar game. But as it is, it's a great, great addition to uh, to our, our stock here at the store and my personal game library. My number three is uh, was Rob's number four. And uh, I'll we'll, we'll uh, share the screen here in just a moment. But my number three was Funkoverse from Funko Games. I, I really enjoy this game. And uh, I'm going to bring Rob in a little bit with me on uh, on our discussion for uh, Funko Funkoverse. Uh, Rob, uh, you got to play it just recently. I've played it uh, a little while back. I'm going to tell folks. Uh, I think this game is kind of being overlooked by a lot of like 
quote unquote the board gamers is you know the hard you know the the hobbyists uh, i think when you see uh, a property like or uh, you know something like funko you kind of think okay it's toys you know you're gonna kind of write it off but this game is actually fun like i really really enjoy this game i, I don't know about you, you uh, rob uh, you got to play at the uh, played a couple uh, few day, few days ago yeah, uh, I, uh, what uh, what did you think i literally just played this for the first time yesterday um, oh okay it was yesterday and it it made it into my top five wow uh, this, this is a game that when i first saw it um i did i wrote it off i'm like oh funko's got a board game division and oh look it's a game with funko toys like they're just they're just selling that to, to the collectors. Um, and then I kind of started hearing some good things about it. We had our meeting at, at PAX Unplugged with Funko. Um, I brought home a, a couple of sets for review and finally got it to the table. And I was really surprised with number one, uh, how simple the rules are for the game. Yeah, absolutely. That's, but that's how they still manage to capture that kind of miniature game feel with it. Um, between the characters' powers and the cooldown track. That cooldown track is amazing. And I like the the different modes of play that come with the sets. So it's not just take out the other team. You know, you've got capture the flag, you've got area control where you earn points by grabbing the flag or grabbing points on the board or taking out an opponent, which is not as easy as it seems because you can knock down an opponent but you don't get a point unless you actually attack them again and get them to the cooldown track. Um, so it lends to this very tug of war feel. At least we played a few games of Capture the Flag, um, and it was a lot of fun. I have the uh, the Harry Potter set with the uh, that's the four pack with the Golden Girls two pack. So I played um, Hermione, Harry Potter, and and Rose from the Golden Girls. Who Rose is amazing, isn't she? She's the best character ever. Uh, and my daughter played Voldemort, Bellatrix, and Blanche, who actually uh, complement each other very well. They're all mm -hmm. equally powerful. Um, Voldemort has a particularly nasty move, but he's got low defense, uh, whereas Blanche uh, causes people to roll less dice against her because she's just so pretty and uh, <laughs> uses her wiles. Um, but it is, it's kind of cool. You know, Funko has said all of the, the characters are balanced. So it's mini for mini. There's no points, there's no anything. Uh, and it does, it does work out that way. So it, no, it seems like no matter how we swap the minis, we have balanced forces. Yep. Um, and wow, if it, it, even knowing that other people thought it was good, having played it, it's a really, really solid miniatures game that just happens to use tiny Funko Pops instead of minis. It's kind of what I hoped Crossmaster Arena would have been. Like it's right. I don't know if you've played Crossmaster Arena or at all at all, but it's kind of it's it's what I wanted for that game. And I love the fact that that you know we have all these weird IPs that you can kind of mash together. And yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, but that's also part of the charm of this game is that you can have, you know, Catwoman with Rose and Hermione, you know, all on one team and have them you know, have a new Gotham, you know, Sirens uh, uh, squad, you know, uh, that's all mixed up from all these, all these different IPs. I'm really excited. We got to see uh, some uh, sneak peeks of the next like four, big four, bo four figure box set. Um, and I'm really excited. We can't say what it is because, you know, you know, they'll 
Stephanie Straw from Secrets. Funko will Secrets. hunt us down. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for that. And then they also told us that they're going to be doing single packs, yep. which I think is I think is a smart move on their part because you know who doesn't buy their Funkos singly anyway. You know, so most folks know to buy a you know I'm going to buy a Funko Pop. You know, and now you just buy a Funko Pop and it's smaller, but you can play it in a board game. I, well, I yeah, love that. It comes move. it comes with a it comes with a card. It comes with an item. Uh, it comes with a, a pop and from the yeah. two that we've seen they're very awesome ones that are coming out this year i am very much looking forward to to getting some more for this game yeah absolutely. Um, and and uh yeah i just i was really really blown away with how cool of a game it is we've got a demo of this at the store and i showed it off to people and they go oh that's really cute and they kind of go to walk by it and i'm like no oh, hold on <laughs> and, and I, I give them a turn or two and they go oh Okay. All right. Yeah, we sold a ton of the Harry Potter boxes uh, this holiday season. Uh, we had the DC ones, which weren't as popular, uh, yeah, which is weird a- considering we are literally next door to a comic shop. But um, but yeah, the Rick and Morty versions uh, have sold well for us too, and the Golden Girls are just fantastic. So it's it's been a good good game, and I'm looking forward to seeing the the expansion that Funko brings to it. Yeah. With- their new releases coming up here in the i believe the ones we saw were all first quarter uh so it should be pretty pretty early in 2020 um but yeah it's 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 a good game and more gamers need to at least try it out give it a shot it's it looks whimsical and and very poppy uh but there's a game there there's there's a a solid game there number two my number two is Ben's number one. Oh, so I'll have to pass again. Gotta wait. Oh man! All right, uh, Ben, your number two. So my number two is Journeys in Middle Earth. This is a large box game that Fantasy Flight put out. Uh, it is essentially a big role playing game in a box. Uh, it uses the app driven scenario. Uh, engine that mansions of madness uh second edition made a really popular but it allows you to explore and play a entire connected narrative campaign in the lord of the rings world and it is really really well done the story uh that i'm playing through in it now is engaging it ticks all my uh tolkien uh fan boxes and the the way it handles the randomness mechanics, it does away with dice and gives you a uh, small deck of cards that double as both skills, abilities, and successes and failures. Um, and how you kind of manage those because some of the better skills which you can prep for your character don't necessarily have the successes uh, for when you flip cards off the uh, when you flip cards off the top of the deck to to do your tests um it's got two modes of play there's the overworld kind of exploration map and then when you get into a encounter that requires more uh ticky tack combat there's a combat map that you break out Uh, it's all done with tiles that kind of intersect and connect in different ways and it just it feels like a really really good uh role-playing experience and the fact that the app handles all of the you know, the quote unquote DM 
duties means that everyone can play and everyone can be involved on on the player side. My number two is uh, Hellboy, the board game from Manta Games, and uh, I'm I love uh, the Hellboy universe. Uh, I really enjoy the movies. Um, I even didn't mind too much the the movie that came out this year, although you know I know it wasn't the greatest. Um, I kind I've started reading some of the comics. Um, I. I love this board game. When Mantic announced that they were going to do a uh, miniatures board game uh, for Mantic or for uh, Hellboy, I was really excited. And uh, some of their minis are kind of hit or miss, uh, but this game seems to be really well done. I, I'm really impressed with uh, with the final project. Uh, I I love how it's kind of a dungeon crawl. If uh, you can kind of tell from my channel and from from the show, uh, I love those types of board games. Um, this game you can count, you can play solo. Um, you've got this deck of doom and you've got these encounter cards. Um, so, you know, you, you play these like sealed cases, but they're never going to play out quite the same every single time. Um, so there's replayability there. Uh, the minis are fantastic. The components are really well done. Um, you know, I, I know that they've got some more releases coming in 2020 for, uh, for this game. I can't speak too badly about it i i really enjoy it i think uh i think one little quibble i have with the game is probably the fact that it's a little fiddly but uh other than that i think it's 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 a heck of a lot of fun and it needs to get to my table a little more often i love this uh, hellboy miniatures game i think it's i think it's just top notch number one numero uno my number one um which i don't know if it's kind of cheating or or kind of not um is dice throne season two uh, so it hit retail this year. Of course, Dice Throne Season 1 has been out for a, a few years now. Uh, I finally got Season 1 last year, um, and my wife Beatrice and I really, really dug it. Um, and so when she found out there was more, there was kind of like, okay, can you get it? And I was able to get the battle chest of Season 2, which has uh, eight different characters. Uh, and we just we play it all the time. Um, it's simple. It's beautiful. Um, and it's just, it's, it is really a lot of fun. It's basically, um, Yahtzee battle. <laughs> um, it's a good way to describe it. Um, every character has a board with a deck of their own cards, um, and five dice and you roll similar to Yahtzee, you get three rolls, uh, and you're trying to make, uh, combinations that correspond to characters attacks on their board. Uh, sometimes it might want a large straight or a small straight or a full house or, uh, you know, six of a kind or five of a kind gets you your ultimate move. And you do these attacks. The other character can defend sometimes. Um, you've got cards to play. You've got status effects that can be put on yourself or others. Uh, each character has a varying uh, level of difficulty to play, but they're all balanced. So if you play the, the barbarian from season one, who is the simplest character to play, or the Artificer from Season 2, which is probably one of the more complicated characters to play, um, it's not like the Artificer Artificer has an advantage over the Barbarian. Um, so it's a lot of fun. It's, it's kind of meant to be two-player. You can do multiple or teams, um, but really 1v1 has been the best. Uh, just absolutely fantastic. I did have a chance to play uh, Dice Throne Adventures, which is coming out next year which is a uh, cooperative campaign mode for Dice Throne, which is equally as awesome. Um, this was a, a, a hard one for me to decide between my number two and my number one, uh, but Dice Throne 
season two definitely gets a lot more play. Uh, it's definitely a more accessible game, and I think one that definitely reaches a, a wider audience. Well, speaking of your number two, it was uh, Ben's number one. So let's uh, spotlight Ben for a minute and uh, let him reveal his number one. So the number one board game I had was, and I'm sure this was on a lot of people's lists, Wingspan uh, from uh, Stonemeyer Games. This game is really good. Uh, the, the art is phenomenal. The mechanics are tight. The, uh, just the, the accessibility is super easy to teach people how to play within a couple of, couple of turns, they've figured it out and they can kind of go from there. Uh, the only drawback to this game is it is impossible to get (laughs) it. Uh, it has been sold out, uh, through almost every channel that's available in uh, for uh, a couple of times throughout the year. And we are now waiting on another reprint so that we can have it back in stock again. Um, Terraforming Mars is my favorite game overall. It's my number one board game. And Wingspan allows me to get the feel of that game in a third of the time, half the time, so I can play it more and, and just really enjoy the engine building and the the set collection that that wingspan has to offer i i don't really have anything negative to say about it other than i wish there were more copies available on the market yeah i think this is like their fourth print run they're going into now fourth or fifth yeah um i think it was one that not a lot of people were expecting much it's a weird theme right like like birds and bird watching is kind of the theme um so other than than fans of bird watching and birds in general um, you know, most people would, would probably pass this up, but people knowing uh, Jamie and Stonemeyer games put out quality games, a lot of them jumped on it and the early reviews were amazing and then it just, it was gone. Um, and you know what, it is, it is a fantastic game. Like, like Ben said, it is beautiful, it is tight, it is easy to learn. Um, it's filled with cool bird facts on every single card. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I do. And it is a really, really fantastic game. My number one game of the 2019 is Nemesis from Awakened Realms. Now, a Nemesis from Awakened Realms is, let's just call it what it is. It's Aliens, Aliens of the board game. That's what it is. <laughs> like, I know they don't have the IP or whatever, but man, this is what this game plays at. You, you're waking up in this this... I think they call it the hibernatorium. I can't remember what it's called. But you're pretty much waking up from hyper hypersleep, and you're you know discovering all these rooms in this in this spaceship, and you're trying not to make noise, and and you know there's different things you have to have to fix along the way, and you have to have everybody has their secret agendas. So you there might be backstabbing, there might be you know some sort of helping to get your agenda because, you know, maybe you don't want the ship to end up at earth. Maybe you need to make, you have to make it end up, you know, in deep space. There is a reason why this game is number 47 on the board game geek uh, list right now. And it's number 11, I think on the, uh, for th- thematic uh, a board game. It is amazing. The components are great. It's just so much fun. I, I love it so much. Um, I think it's, it's one of those games where even if you lose, you have this great story 
that you get that you created along the way like you losing when losing doesn't feel like a disappointment I think that's something special in the board game. Um, I think most people got their copies in 2019. So I'm saying it's a 2019 release. Uh, I hope that, that, that Awakened Realms gets uh, and Rebel gets, uh, gets another reprint uh, going so that more people can play this game. Uh, I will tell folks that the, the price point on this game is, is rather high. So that kind of uh, prevents a lot of folks from, from uh, you know, picking up a copy. Have either of you guys played Nemesis at all? I have never even heard of it. You and haven't I'm, even heard of Nemesis? And I'm looking at it now on Amazon. It's going for like 200 bucks. Uh, and it looks amazing. It's so amazing. I feel like I've been living under a rock. Oh, it's it's so good. And I, I love the fact that, that you it's like you have cards that you use for like your actions. And you get to do two actions and then it goes around. But to go into like different rooms you have to use more cards so like if you well if you want to be quiet i should say and you want to go into other rooms you can use more of your resources so basically you can play it safe and use all your cards to to get around the ship you know pretty carefully but you're limiting your resources so it it's really kind of this balance between do you press your luck or do you use your resources because there's like a, this noise mechanic that happens once you go into a room that you roll a die and you put a noise in one of the corridors and if that corridor has two um noises tokens in it it has one of these aliens pop up and man they are vicious and you are probably not going to survive <laughs> unless you have some sort of weapon on you because uh it's and if it's a queen then forget it it's, you're done you're done <laughs> It's it and and it's so much fun. I, I I I can't tell you how much the the one downside I will say to this game is that it takes a long time to play. Like that's it's you're putting aside an afternoon to play this game. Every single session is different. Like it plays out so differently every single time, and you you walk away from from the table with such a great. You feel like you just played out an Aliens movie, like. And I probably probably Awakened Realms is going to hate the fact that I keep saying that it's you know, <laughs> tying their game in with this IP, but that's what it feels like. Someone was a fan of these movies and encapsulated it so well uh, in this in this board game. And and yeah, that's my number one. Uh, I hope uh, hope everybody enjoyed our top five lists. Uh, if you did, please hit that like that button down below, and uh, you know let us know in the comments uh, what your top five is. Uh, you know whether or not. Uh, you know, any of any of these games were, were on your top five list. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for watching. This has been Victory Condition Gaming because winning shouldn't be the only victory condition when you get to the table. We'll see you next time. Bye now.